Amen. Well, guys, grab a Bible and make your way to the Gospel of Matthew tonight. Matthew chapter 6. It's where we're going to be this evening. We are picking up where we are. We're last week, we're doing a short study in the Lord's Prayer. We started last week. We're going to finish uh, next week. And so in these three weeks, just walking through a reminder of some things that many of us know, and yet longing uh, for God to just meet us in it. So we're hoping you have a Bible, and in that, you're opening to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles in front of you, and the chair's in front of you, page number on the screen. Use an electronic device if that's kind of how it works best for you. But, you know, again, just see it. Be those who are looking into and on God's Word. If you're joining us in the overflow or online, it is our same invitation. We still want God to speak to us tonight through His Word. And so we're hoping that you would also have a copy of the Scriptures and be intent on just hearing what He would say through that and longing that God would speak to us this evening and His good faithfulness. So we want to just go before God and ask that. I'm going to lead again in prayer, and this time as we just approach his word, asking that he would take what he has for us tonight, helping us to hear that, longing for his work in that. So I'm going to lead, but I'm hoping you would pray as well. Just ask God to speak to you tonight. Father, we come this evening, and I think about your good faithful work in us, that you're a God who is always in that process of sanctifying, of seeking to draw us and build us and strengthen us in you, in your ways. And thank you for your tenderness in that. I thank you for what you do in that that is so personal, so specific, gentle. Lord, I think about just the reality is that all of us have so many things to grow in. All of us have so many areas that if you were to show us everything wrong with our life right now, it would be overwhelming but you're so gentle in the way you do it that so often your way is to focus on one thing and and, and grow us in that. And around this room, it's different because your work in us is precise and different. So it's in that perfection of your good faithfulness I'm asking. Meet us tonight as we study your word, but speak to us by your spirit so that in the midst of this, what we're needing to be strengthened, what we're needing to have you speak to would be that which we hear and that which remains. Lord, let everything else fade away. Let every other thing that would just keep us from hearing what you have for us fade away. And by your power and your strength, would you bring us to this moment of hearing your voice? God, looking to you alone for that and your voice in this moment through your word. We ask for it together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, teach us to pray. It is the request that the disciples asked. Maybe you're aware of it there in Luke chapter 11. It's actually the only thing that we have the disciples specifically asking Jesus to teach them. There in Luke 11, it says it came to pass when he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place that when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And I love the framing of this. I love the, the just atmosphere of it. Jesus is praying. Jesus prayed. Uh, if anybody, you know, didn't need to in one sense, you'd almost think it was him, but he was one that did pray, that showed us how to do life. So much so when the disciples saw it, it's almost as if they did, when, he, when, he, when he finished praying, they look upon it and say, teach us to do that. <laughs> I mean, like, like what you were doing there, like what that is, we, we need help. I mean, and, and we need that. And most of us would say the same thing. There's, I don't know anybody that would honestly say, no, my prayer life's fine. <laughs> 
totally good. I got that down. Rock it. You know, it's just I, everything else. You know, there's other things, but I totally you know, Most of us are aware that prayer is something that we need more of and we need growth in. And maybe that will always be the case. But I love the simplicity of Jesus's response. For he says, when you pray, say, and then he begins, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he begins to unpack for the disciples the Lord's Prayer, which is the exact same example that Jesus gives us here in Matthew chapter 6, that he says there in verse 9, in this manner, therefore, pray. So we hold this out to you pretty consistently, but we do so with as you know, much tender encouragement as we can. In fact, we have a slide that runs in our slides every week that kind of just says, you know, hey, pray through the Lord's Prayer. Do you struggle with prayer? Jesus gave us a model to help us. We believe that the idea is not praying in a rote fashion, but using the Lord's Prayer as an outline to guide us in the things that we should be praying for. So our belief, my belief, is that, you know, Jesus looks on and says, hey, you know, you, you, I'm going to give you an example to pray through. They're asking, hey, Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus is unpacking it here. And he says, hey, in this manner, according to this fashion, therefore pray. And he gives us this prayer. Different, disciple, different uh, Bible teachers will say it different ways. Some will say it breaks up into eight categories. I break it up into ten uh, just because it works kind of naturally for me that way, but I understand some of the other weights of it. But I want to just tell you that there's power in these, that there's a sense that these become good things that for us to lock every space in prayer. Now, again, just speaking as very carefully and clearly as I can. I don't want this to be legalistic for anybody. I don't want you to feel like you have to do it this way, but I want to just hold it out to you as help. Um, that, you know, not every time you pray, but I, I would think it would be good even daily uh, to use the Lord's Prayer as just a springboard for everything that you, you, you can pray through. I do. I mean, so I'm not asking you to do anything that I don't do, I don't do every day. Uh, at least once I'll pray through the Lord's Prayer. Uh, not just repeating the words, but using them as springboards to kind of wrap my prayers around and make sure that I'm praying for everything. And I, I have a certain just belief that, you know, when I can do so and I can do it well, and not every day is because weakness marks my life like it does everybody else's, but when it does well, it's as if I've covered the entire gamut. It's like, yeah, that covers all the major areas that need to be prayed for that when I can walk through it this way, it helps me land uh, each of the focuses. And so I offer it to you that way. I think about it this way, Martin Lloyd-Jones saying much the same thing. He said, the more I study the Lord's Prayer, the more I believe that if only one used these phrases as our Lord intended them to be used, there's really nothing more to be said. You know, like if you could just say, okay, these are that, and you can get the end, it's like, man, I, I prayed. I prayed for everything I'm needing to pray for. I'm praying through the weights of, of the things that are there because I focused on every area that needs to be prayed for. So we hold that out to you as something to, to, to work through, not something that makes it a burden, but again, something that daily you could just work through. So we began it last week, again, just unpacking it as Jesus said it, where he just says, hey, in this manner, according to this fashion, uh, in, in these areas, you should pray. And he began it with saying, our Father who art in heaven. And we talked about last week that prayer is a relationship with God. It's not just asking for things or praying for our world or praying for your family. It's talking to God about knowing him as your heavenly Father. You know, that you actually step into that and seek to make that, you know, a part of what you're doing in your prayer life, which is the main thing, by the way. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's the first commandment. It's the highest purpose of our life. It's the best part of prayer. The best part of prayer is being able to engage in that relationship and knowing God and, and seeking Him. Then He adds to it, you know, that we say, hallowed be your name, that we would stop and worship Him and, and just think through His greatness and, and, and honor Him for who He is. Just recognizing that, sometimes just thinking through the wonders of the things that you know about Him, and there's such value in this. A place where you could almost just come and say, God, I trust you. You're a God who's good and trustworthy and, and wonderful. And, and in that space, just walk through that. I shared last week, and I'll just say it again. Uh, I don't think that every day should be necessarily a repetition. Uh, you know, it's not that you pray the exact same words every day. I don't. But I do pray through every subject the same every day. So that sometimes, you know, what I'm thinking about, about God's goodness, and I'm thinking about his character, well, it's, you know, things that he's been speaking to me about through the day, maybe a song I heard that's just highlighting his character. Maybe I'm just going to go and read a few verses that speak about God. But it's different each day, but it's a day where I, I just pause just to make sure that I'm, that I'm reflecting on who God really is and, and seeking to worship him in prayer. It's a good space. Then we kind of barely began moving into, and then we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the third one, where we begin to pray for his kingdom to come. And we begin to look forward to that which is ultimately an expression of everything that he's doing, that he would build that. Ultimately, it's an expression of a, of a longing for heaven, that, that God would cause his kingdom uh, to, to come and just enter into everything that's there. It's a space where we, we make that a part of our prayers. So let's do this. I'm going to just give you a few things on that, kind of unpacking it. Then what we did last week, and we're going to try this again for the next couple of weeks, is I'm just going to just pause and take questions, you know, because there's so many places I could go with this. And so, uh, you know, we'll just give you a moment. If you're thinking about this part specifically and you have a question about praying this or how that works into your life, uh, I'll just give you a point to ask questions, and I'll do my best to give you an answer uh, in the midst of it. Though, again, maybe not a, a great answer, and it might be, and I don't know, but I'll definitely give it a help. So your kingdom come. As we come to this part, part in prayer, one of the things that's really fascinating in this reality is to understand that we are meant to be doing this every day. I personally believe, again, the Lord's Prayer is given to us as a daily uh, prayer. Part of it even says that, give us this day. You know, we'll get that tonight, tonight in the midst of it. So there's a fascinating thing that if this is a perspective of a longing for and a looking forward to heaven and even crying out for it, which is what it tells us at the end of the book of Revelation that we're supposed to do, that the spirit and the bride, which is us, are crying out, Lord Jesus, come. Like we just want you to come. And one of the wonderful things is just to recognize this really is meant to be something that you think through and pray about every day. Maybe that's not surprising to you, but sometimes people are like, you know, you know, how is it, you know, am I thinking about heaven too much, you know? You know, it's like, should I just like be focused on, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that are just, you know, you know, getting weird or any of those things. No, there ought to be a space like, yeah, every day. Like every day we're crying out for it. Every day we're, we're thinking through, you know, the brokenness of our world, the things that are in the midst of it, and a longing for a day where, where we're going to be in a place where righteousness dwells, where we'll be in his presence, where we'll long for all that. And hope, therefore, becomes such a solid part of our lives that one of the key factors that really undergird both our, our Christian lives and honestly our prayers is meant to be hope. 
It's an interesting thing that many times the answer to the prayers that you want to pray or you're thinking about praying really find their answer in hope. That so often we're struggling. We're struggling with things in our world like, Lord, why? Why are these things happening? You know, where is this going to be? I, I think about it. I'm, I'm reading in my own personal devotions right now the book of Habakkuk, and, and, and I love it because he's kind of thinking that through. He's like, Lord, I don't see it. See, everything's going wrong. Everything, you know, and it doesn't seem to be dancing. And he's like, God, what are you going to do? And God kind of tells him how it's going to go badly for a little while. And Habakkuk's like, What? I don't even understand. And God's like, Hey, that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. You know, you, you have to look to, you got to look past all of these things and waiting for what he's going to do in, in the midst of it. I think about it in Psalm 73, Asaph does a little bit of the same where he's like, God, I don't understand. Bad things are happening to good people and I don't understand why good things happen to bad people until he comes into God's presence. And he's like, oh wait, this isn't the end of the story. When I saw their end, then I knew. And there's something there that so often the, the, the things that we're so wrestling through are because we can only at that moment right now see today or tomorrow. It's like, man, this is all messed up and I don't understand. And it's like, wait, this isn't how, this isn't the end. This isn't the end of it. God is doing something. And so this orients our life around God's big story that when you really get a picture of hope, it's as if you step into it for a moment and you, you're thinking through not just this, you're thinking through God as our creator, you're thinking through Jesus as our savior that's ultimately going to take us home. And it's almost just this um, reorientation. I mean, sometimes when I'm praying through this, I kind of have this like silly picture, like you step up to one of those, you know, mall maps that, you know, you're trying to get, figure out where you are, you know, kind of thing, I guess before we all have apps on our phone or whatever. But, you know, you look in this place and it's like, you are here. It's like, that's where I need to know. It's like, I'm, okay, yeah. And I'll picture that. It's like, I just need to, okay, this is where I am. This is where we're going. This is, this is, this is, Jesus already paid the price. And I see the, I see the story. And it does incredible weight and wonder uh, just to feel that. And I encourage you in that sense that it would be a part of our prayer life. One a little practical aside, um, it's also a good space to pray for the lost. Now, I just say this very, very quickly. In this 10-part you know, prayer that Jesus gives us, he doesn't actually say, okay, here's where you pray for this, where you pray for sick people, or here's where you pray for uh, people who are unsaved. And honestly, sometimes it can flow in almost any part of it. Maybe you're in that first part where you're thinking, I, I get to know God as my Heavenly Father, and these people don't. And so maybe that just some morning, just talking about your prayer life, just fuels you to pray for the lost. That's great. Uh, sometimes it might be in knowing God and just recognizing who He is. For my life personally, it's not uncommon that it gets right here, that I'm thinking about His kingdom and I'm thinking about what we're waiting for. And in my very small understanding, that the reason we're still here, the reason why heaven's not happening yet, is because God is still saving people. Uh, that He tells us in Peter, God is not slow, He's not running behind, it's His desire to save people. So I kind of like, okay, so the reason, you know, I'm praying for your kingdom, but the reason we're not there yet is because you're still saving people, so I'll just, I'll just begin praying for that, praying for people, praying for my family, praying for people that don't know him, praying for the gospel uh, to go forward in different spaces. Again, it doesn't be where you have to pray that, but for most of you, I would understand if you are someone who prays, that is probably somewhere in your prayer life, and it can be any part in the Lord's Prayer, but for me personally, for whatever it's worth, I just toss it out that it kind of fits here. So that's kind of a quick overview of this one. Let me pause and just say, okay, so as you're thinking through this in your life, what questions do you have about praying for God's kingdom to come and what that would look like in your prayer life? Anybody have any questions tonight that you want me to kind of give it a chance to unpack? Mm.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prayer is is worship, and is singing is, is is falls into that category, you know. And so there's there's probably a lot of uh, of weights of the different place of, of of praising and worshiping, you know. But just the wonder of that is a, is a, is a certain part of our prayer, recognizing who He is, honoring Him for what He is, honoring him for what He is, and seeking to step into that. So that's a good space, and definitely a good place. I mean, again, if we as we think about what prayer is, it's not always you know sitting down on your knees and and praying. I mean, sometimes people think like, is that what prayer is? Well, I mean, it's talking to God, and so whether that's in worship or whether that's uh, a space where you plug into that and kind of feeling that or walking and doing things it can be a good space of that good other questions anything else on your kingdom come Suzanne. okay Good. So Suzanne's question is, is, can I also be, is it also an idea of your kingdom come? And so certainly can it be, uh, you know, both about heaven and now? Yes. I mean, when Jesus unpacked, he says, you know, and he says, you know, you're not going to see the kingdom come uh, visibly, but the kingdom begins in us. And so there is certainly a place of that. And that kind of ties into the next part of the prayer, because in the next prayer, we're praying, you know, hey, I want your will to be done now, like it's going to be done in heaven. Uh, so there is a, a connection there. So yes, I mean, there is a, a sense of praying for your kingdom. And some would look at this and say, hey, that which is going to be perfect in heaven is beginning in us now. So we want more of that. And so it kind of bridges into the next one. But yes, either way, there is a, a joy of kind of seeing both its, you know, beginning now all the way to then. Good. Anything else? All right. Well, let's keep going. And again, I'll ask questions. If you think about it, you didn't get that one answered. Or again, if you ever want to email or, or, or reach out, you can do so later. So we're thinking through this whole thing. So we're praying for his kingdom. And again, he is telling us to do that, by the way. Um, Prayer is one of the things that God moves through. And even in this, uh, when we unpack the book of Revelation, you see that this is a prayer that God will answer. Then you get into Revelation 8 when he pours out the prayers of all the saints uh, that begins to just pour out into this. And you know, sometimes I just think, okay, my prayers are adding to that prayer, to that space, because I'm crying out for that. You know, I'm looking for that. And yet there ought to be a place that you're praying for it. It's a good thing for you to be saying, God, I want it. I'm asking for it. I'm asking for heaven, that I'm going to do exactly again what it gives me at the end of the book of Revelation, saying, God, your kingdom come. You know, you're just praying for Jesus, you to come back. You know, I'm praying for what that looks like, and it is a good space for us to think through. But that then flows into the next part that really does kind of bridge into this, kind of as uh, Suzanne was pointing out. We get to this place that now we're praying for his will to be done now here on earth as it is going to be in heaven. That in one sense, it's almost as if you're thinking about it in this moment. It's like, man, what's heaven going to be like? I mean, it's not going to be any more sin. Uh, and I'm going to do, you know, we're, going to, we're not going to do anything wrong. We're going to, you know, fully walk with him. Uh, we're going to, you know, whatever you think through the joys of that, it's like, Lord, that's going to be so good. Let's do more of that now. Like, I, I, I would like more of what life is going to look like in the eternity I'd like to begin to see that kingdom being unpacked into my world. I'd like to see that beginning to happen in my life. And in this, we're crying out for his will to be done. Now, we think about what this is, and this is that place in, the prayer, in our prayer life that uh, really is that place of interceding. It really is that place of asking for God to work. And it's an interesting thing. Maybe not so in your life, but again, I'm just going to say it uh, kind of generically. For some people, 
this aspect of prayer is the only thing they really think prayer is. Uh, prayer is coming and praying for things, praying for God to do something or uh, work in somebody or uh, for, for things to happen in, in the midst of that. And, uh, you know, some that's, that's all that prayer is. And I want to just kind of balance this and say, this is not all that prayer is. Prayer is something so much more. If your prayer life is only found in give me, give me, give me, do, 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 you're, you're missing. You're missing so much. You're missing so much of what it can be. But on the other hand, understand this. This is a place that God does come and tell us to pray. Uh, you know, there's, there's some people that's like, that's all their prayer life is. And then there are others who like, I kind of feel bad asking. You know, it's like, I kind of feel like I'm intruding. Like, maybe I shouldn't, you know, tell him, you know, uh, that I'm looking for his will to be done. I mean, you know, it's like, well, shouldn't I just be thankful or is it wrong? And yet the Bible calls us, commands us to pray. That tells us not to worry about anything, but pray about everything. That tells us in Peter that we should cast all of our cares on him because he cares about us. So it's right that we come in and pray for God to work, for God to, to work in situations, for God to, to work in life. Now, a few things to think about when we're thinking about what this is. We're not actually informing God of anything. As it's kind of important, we, did, we touched on it briefly last week, but God already knows. I mean, it's not like God's like, well, I had no idea. That's a good thing you told me. Yeah. It's like a good thing you kind of, you know, did that. It's like, that's not the way it works. God already knows everything about us. He, he certainly cares about us. I think about how he just said it back there, um, there in verse 8. He says, therefore, do not be like them. Your heavenly Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. I mean, it's not like he's looking to you to inform him, nor are we lobbying him or persuading him uh, as if we're trying to talk him into doing what we want him to do. No, it's not actually that. I mean, truthfully, we're not getting our will done. We're getting God's will done. And this is really, really big. I mean, and it's really important that I just want to give it to you in this way. But prayer, real prayer, is never getting our will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. We are, prayer, as it works, never changes God's mind. It never, you know, kind of talks him into doing something he wasn't wanting to do. Prayer is always a place that when it's, when it's fruitful and working, we're praying for his will to be done in our lives. Now, let's think about that just for a moment, because it's a big deal, um, as we process this through, I know I had a couple questions on this, and so I'm going to try to answer them, and then if it didn't answer them, you can come back and ask them, or maybe I'll just even, I don't know, we'll see where it goes with that. Um, uh, the first question, you know, that, that I actually got emailed on this was, you know, someone just honestly saying, you know, I'm trying to figure this out, and just, just being all together honest, it's like, I don't know if I understand. So we have Jesus, who is always at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. That's true. It gives it to us in the book of Hebrews. He's our great high priest. We also have the Holy Spirit who is always making intercession for us. It tells us in Romans 8 with groanings we can't utter. And in one sense, kind of the question was, so why does that have to happen? I mean, you know, why, why you, know, you know, the weight of, you know, Jesus always praying for us, the Spirit praying for us, and why do we then have to pray, you know, if he's praying for us? So very, very simple, quick answers. Let me just kind of reason with you this way. Please don't think that Jesus making intercession for us or the Holy Spirit praying for us is somehow 
averting, you know, God, you know, being cruel to us or something like that. I don't know if that makes sense, but some people have this idea that, you know, Jesus is always interceding for us, like Jesus is always talking God down. You know, like God's just ready to destroy us, and she's like, no, 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 like don't do it, don't do it, you know, like he's good, and, and, and is this somehow, you know, God needed to be persuaded by Jesus? It's not so. I mean, Jesus is God. Jesus said, you want to know God the Father, look at me. We, we are the same. What I am, he is. That there is no like, okay, God is this and Jesus is not. God is, he, he, he is the God who is a God of mercy and grace. True prayer is never overcoming God's reluctance. It's embracing his incredible desire and, and wonder to work in our life. And so Jesus praying for it, the Spirit praying for it, it's not as if somehow, you know, God were needing to be held back or any of that. But think about it more this way. So God is so involved in your life, more than you have any idea of. I, I think about one of those amazing truths of Romans eight twenty eight, where it tells us that if you're a follower of Jesus, everything is working together for good in your life, everything. Now, I just want you to think through this just for a quick moment. That's not some kind of automatic thing. There's no like, well, you know, you're saved, and so now you're, it, no, that's the incredible involvement of our God. That is, that's, that's Jesus making intercession for you day and night. That is him looking at everything that you're going through and never, ever, ever, you know, having you face it where he's not working it and changing it and working it for good. I mean, that is powerfully accomplished by God. And so Jesus praying for us at all the time and the Spirit praying for us, it is so incredibly needed um, because he's, he's turning everything in our life for good. He is more involved in your life than you have any idea of. But if that's so, then do we need to pray? I mean, if God is good and Jesus is praying for us, do we need to pray? Um, I'm going to give it to you in a very childish answer because I have a very childish brain. So some of you are deeply theological and you can go deeper than I am going to go in this, but I simply want you to think it through with me this way. God, God is good, and, and God, his will is good, but in his will, there are things he will not give you if you don't pray. Uh, in his will, in his good will, there are things that, that would never happen in our life without us praying, because that's in his will. We think about giving it to us in the book of James, where in my love of its simplicity, it says there are things that you don't have because you don't ask. There are things that you don't have because you don't ask. And I simply want to tell you, if you are one of those people that have almost begun to believe that your prayers are pointless, like, I don't even know why I'm praying. I mean, he's going to do what he's going to do anyway. I mean, he's sovereign, you know, and, and he's God. So, I, you know, why should I even? Because he told us to. And there are things he will not do. You know, in his will, uh, he won't do those things in our lives. It's his will to say, if you're not going to pray, you don't get it. You know, it's like, that's not going to happen for you. So we're not asking for anything outside of that. We are asking for everything that's in those realms and bounds. And I just want to tell you, it works. So that James would tell us that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, it avails much. Like, it accomplishes much. It's not a little thing. It's not an ineffective thing. It's an incredibly powerful thing that we get to come in and, and ask for God's will to be accomplished, that ask for God's will to be done, and that 
and, and the incredible weight of being able to walk in that. So it's, it's caught. Yeah, again, you're never going to get something out of his will. You're never going to talk God into doing something he doesn't want to do. But you, ultimately, if you're praying rightly, you wouldn't want it. You wouldn't come and you'd be like, God, I want what you want. Show me, help me. Work your will in all that that is. So very, very practically, um, trying to answer a little bit of that, but coming again to the place that if you feel this, it inspires you to pray. And just maybe giving it to you in the most, again, simple way. If there's anything that's robbing you of the desire uh, to pray uh, for, for God's will and work in our world, in your family, in our church, in your life, it's a lie. Because what God would have been drawing you to do would be it, to pray. I mean, if this is what Jesus is doing and, and this is how, it, how we live life, that's what the disciples saw in Christ, it would move us to say, like, I need to pray more. I, I, you know, I need to pray more. You know, I want to pray more for what he's doing, not less, and, and just a desire to see that more accomplished in our life. So I think about that. There's a lot more in there. Zach, I think you had part of that question last week. Did that kind of sort of frame it a little bit in the midst of it? Any other questions right there as you're thinking about God's will and, and just asking for that? If I didn't, again, we're kind of thinking theologically in some of that. Yes? Would this be a good place to pray for Israel and persecuted Absolutely. So this is, you know, John's question, is this a good place to pray for Israel, to pray for the persecuted church? Yeah, I mean, we're praying for what he's doing. And so, again, it is more than our life. He says, to, you know, we're praying, you know, you know, give us this, you know, you know, his will. We're saying your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's certainly we're accomplished in that. So, yeah, it's a good place to pray for Israel, to pray for the world. And, again, it's one of those places that I have things that I pray for every day. I mean, honestly, I, I pray for my wife every day. I pray for our kids every day. I pray for you guys every day. But then there's other things. Sometimes that's just all my, it's like I'm praying for his will and it's just, I, I need to bring it here. Like, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking through something. I heard about something. And so I am packed. Like, God, I want your will. I want to see that accomplished. And I want that. I want what that looks like. Let me add one other thought there and I'll, I'll take a couple more questions. Um, one of the things that really becomes very, very apparent about praying for God's will is that part of praying for God's will is orienting your life into that space where that's what you're wanting. Um, so if prayer is not informing God, and it's not, and prayer is not asking him to do things, some of what we're praying for is God to bring us into that. Now, I have a few verses that are big go-to verses for me. I don't use them every day, but I would highly encourage you to find verses that under, under, undergird these, but I'll just toss out a couple. I think about the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. God, I'm trusting you with all my heart. I'm going to lean not on my own understanding. I'm going to acknowledge you, and I'm going to say, God, direct me direct my life. God, I, I, you know, so I'll kind of, you know, flow through everything I've just said. Like, God, I trust you. I believe you. I know you're good, but I, I'm asking. I'm asking, show me what you have for me. One of my favorites is in Philippians 2, where it tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So I recognize I have a part to play in this, but then the next part is my favorite part, where he says, for he is at work in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. So it's not uncommon that I just kind of present my, my, like, God, help me want to. Like, help me want to do the things that you want me to do. Like, shape my heart. I mean, help me to desire what you want me to desire. Uh, you know, I love the way it kind of unpacks it in Romans 12, where if we're doing that and our mind is being transformed, we're in the center of his will. We can't miss it if we're surrendered. If we're in the place of saying, God, I really, really want your will. I really, really want it. 
I, I want this in that whole space. And it's a beautiful thing to, to come and just acknowledge. And let's just pause and be as honest as we can. That's part of the problem. Part of the problem in our sinfulness and in our folly and in our selfishness, we don't always want His will. Sometimes we want our will. It's like, well, you know, God, this is what I want to do, and I hope you're okay with it because that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm just, I'm, I've, I've got a plan, and you know, you can, and, and, and that's part of our problem is that we're rebellious and that we are, you know, and so this isn't one of these places. It's like, of course, everybody's praying for that. It's like, no, that's what I, if I could just get there, where it's like, hey, God, I want your will. I mean, it, your will over anything that I would think through, anything that I would want, uh, anything that I would come up with a better plan, your plan is better. I want that. And, and sometimes in this moment, it's like, God, I want to want that. <laughs> it's like, God, I, I want to want what you want from my life. And I'm just recognizing that's part of the, the battle of prayer is, you know, just, you know, I'm not trying to convince him. I'm trying to help ask God to work it in me so that my life is ultimately in the place that I would say yes to him, no matter what it is. So again, part of, the, of praying through that is that space of embracing God's work in that, which is, um, like I said, you're not alone. If you find yourself here this evening, you think, I'm kind of struggling with that. I struggle with because I kind of think I want things. And I think, what if, you know, what if, what if you know, he doesn't do what I want? Or you know, what if his plan is different? And that's a very normal struggle. That's our sinful struggle. But this is why you fight it. This is why we're coming and saying, God, I, I'm, I'm wanting to want your will. You know, I want your will done uh, in, in, on earth as in heaven. So good. Well, I started questions. What else? Other questions in praying for God's will in our life. Yes. Good. So Ashley's question is sometimes how do we know? How do we know what we're praying for is God's will? That's a really, really good question and not an easy one to, to unpack. But I'll just begin it and say, you know, there are things that we know. So um, when I'm praying uh, for God to want me to, to will and to do for his good pleasure, I don't have any doubt about that. And I was like, well, I don't, know if the God, I don't know if God really wants to do that. No, I know he wants to do that. So I can embrace that. Um, so the things that God clearly reveals to us, I mean, there are a number of spaces in prayer where he says, hey, this is my will for your, for your life. Like, this is what I want. So where God makes it plain, where God makes it, you know, clear, those are the spaces that we, can, we know we can pray it. In fact, John tells us, some of you might remember in 1 John, he says, if we're praying according to his will, we know we have the requests that we've asked for because we're praying for the right things. Well, the, you know, to begin with, the only things that you can be 100% confident of are the things that God has told you. Um, so for me, again, praying through verses, and so um, I have a long list of ones that I've kind of made in my own life that I will pray through in this section. Uh, I just encourage you to do that. Like verses like, hey, this is what you said. You said uh, your will is, you know, my joy, or your will is that I could be thankful in all things, or your will is, you know, uh, you know, that our lives would have an aroma of Christ. I mean, those are the things we can come and say, I know I'm wanting what you want. Past that, um, ultimately, it's a place of, you know, that place of, of where someone comes up with their idea of God's will versus what our idea is. You know, those are the spaces that are that just you know trouble people all the time. So again, I'm not trying to unpack it, uh, make it make it overly simple. Um, 
but ultimately, those are not the things where we can say, I, I, I know. Like, okay, well, I know God wants me to have this job. Or I know, you know, who's going to be the next president. Or whatever those things. Ultimately, we, we pray and say, God, God, I want your will to be done. And, and surrender it into those spaces. And, and long that it would be in that. But I bring back to that passage in Romans 12 where he says, okay, if you're going to give your life to God, which is your spiritual worship, and you're not going to let the world, you know, dictate your world, not going to be conformed to the world, but you're going to be transformed, then you're in it. So part of me is recognizing, you know, where I want to know the answers. Uh, God is inviting me to be rightly oriented in the process. See if I can say that another way. So I already told you that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a fun one for me. I say fun, but not always, because it says, hey, I could trust God with my whole heart, right? And not lean on my own understanding, which means right there, I'm going to have to come and say, these are, I don't know. I don't know what God wants. I don't know, you know, what he has, if he wants me to have that job or this job or, you know, what, you know, I'm going to come and admit my ignorance, but I'm going to acknowledge him. I'm going to acknowledge him and he'll direct me. And so God is inviting my life uh, into a place of surrender to him, surrender into his will. And when I'm there, then in his faithfulness, he says he won't let us miss it. So I find in my own life more needing to orient my heart towards surrender, and then he takes the rest. Does that kind of sort of answer maybe a little? It's still a little bit difficult. Yeah, good. Understanding God's will is by no means uh, an easy task. If anybody thinks it's easy, you haven't thought much about it. You know, uh, it, but it's one of those places that ultimately, you know, if we're, if we're surrendering, God, he is good enough that he doesn't want you to miss his will. And if your life is surrendered, and if you're really, you know, living that Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, I won't let you miss it. You're going to prove that which is my good and my acceptable and my perfect will of God. Good. Anything else on the asking for God's will? Mike. So, um, just have a thought that, you know, God. Mm-hmm. Kind of how you put it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, like, Right. And uh, those are just don't do it. So Mike's question again, just so I can repeat it for those online and, and you just hear it, you know, is, is kind of so we're talking about how we can't accomplish God anything outside of his will, that we're not persuading him. But we have examples. We have examples like Moses, who intercedes for the children of Israel. Um, God's going to about to destroy him, um, and, and, and Moses intercedes. So in the framework, just to think it through this way, um, God's will, and again, this is where it gets kind of deeply theological, and some of you are smarter than I am, so go for it. Um, but theologians try to wrestle through it this way, that, that there is maybe a difference between what some would say would be the permissive and perfect will of God. It's probably not a great uh, description, but let's just think it through this for a moment. In other words, there are things that are in his will that if we're not going to pray for it, this is what's going to happen. Like if there's no intercessor, like you're not going to ask, you know, God's will would be to, to rescue Israel, but it takes prayer. It, it takes that, you know, that prayer is not an unimportant part of it. And so in the framework of God's will, there are things that would go incredibly wrong, you know, unless we pray. Where James is saying, if you don't pray, you can't have it. 
So both of those fall within God's will. Like God would look and say, if I can again say it in a very childlike way, he would look and say, if you're not gonna pray, then my will for your life is that it would go this way. It's like it's not gonna go well. But that's in his will. I mean, his will is like that's that's what my, you know, I you know, God's not being violated. It's like that's that's my will for an unprayerful, unprayed for, unholy life. But if you would turn and say, God, I'm gonna turn from my sin, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna ask, he's like, well, then you're gonna step into my will for that. So it's not really God that changes. I mean, it's God, it's God who said, this, this is my will. But it, it exists into this place again that prayer isn't moving God from what he doesn't want to do or moving him to do something he doesn't want to do. It embraces what he's longing to do. But again, one of those places, again, of understanding, if we don't pray, it doesn't happen. I mean, it, it, there really are, like, there are things that God says there was no intercessor, it didn't happen. And so if we don't pray, so again, it's in this framework of not persuading him, but getting everything he has for. So I don't know, again, it's a lot of, 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 of like hard think, thinking it through. And again, people kind of like permissive, perfect, whatever works for you in that, I'll just simply land and say prayer works. And uh, there are things that God would do in your life um, that he's not going to do if you don't pray. Good. Anything else? And we got one more that we'll cover tonight. Okay, I'm going to keep going, but we can come back. If there's something you're thinking through and I didn't give you enough space, you can ask again. So we're thinking it through. So we have this example prayer. And again, I don't want it to be overwhelming. I mean, you could literally spend hours on this every day. And if you have time for it, go for it. But if you have, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you just want to quickly pray through the Lord's Prayer, I sometimes will just do that. So I say, hey, you know, so I can do it for an hour. Or, but I mean, there is a space where it's like, okay, I'm going to think this through and I'm praying for knowing God, I'm, I'm worshiping him, I'm praying for heaven, I'm praying for his will. And then he comes to the place that's really connected to it. I mean, really these two, praying for God's will and God's supply, are the, are the framework of intercession. This place where we're saying, God, we need you to come through. Um, we, we, we're, we're, you know, we're not just worshiping you or, or spending time with you, like we're asking you to intervene into our world. And so sometimes it's guidance. Other times, it's this place of longing for God's supply. Just a few quick nuggets about it, and then we'll take some questions. Uh, one of them is it's meant to be daily. You just can't miss it. Ask God, give us this day, our daily bread. So there's something that God is looking for that we would come every day and, and in a dependent way do this. And it is plural, by the way, which is a whole other aspect of the prayer life. We're not just praying for ourselves. We're praying for God's people, but it's focused on that. And I think through one of my favorite quotes, which is the Jim Elliott quote, where he said, wherever you are, be all there. And I find one of the great needs of my soul is often something I'm dealing with in this part of, of, of my prayer life is to be oriented in today. To, to be able to say, you know, that in the next section, we're going to pray for forgiveness. And so I'm able to say, okay, I'm leaving the past behind me. Um, I'm praying for heaven, but I'm leaving that with him, where James tells, tells us nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. So ultimately, I'm in a place of saying, God, here's where I am. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm today. And without spending a ton of time on it, you can't live anywhere else. You can't live anywhere else other than today. And I find that I waste a lot of time on wishing I could undo things that I did yesterday. 
Like, you know, just, I don't, I don't know, you probably never do it, you know, so it's just probably me. But sometimes you say, man, I wish I could go back. I wish I could undo this. I wish I could, like, wasted time. Like, you, you can't go back. Like, you're not going to be able to go back. Why are you even doing it? Or I waste time on thinking about, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and, and coming up with long, elaborate plans of, of the way things that will work out where God says, Who, you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, why would you even spend your time on that? Give that to God. Jesus tells us, you know, why are you worried about that? You know, seek first the kingdom of God. You know, seek him. Seek him, seek him first, seek him today. You know, tomorrow has enough trouble of its own, Jesus says. Like, let it just, let it stay there. And you be right here today where you're coming and saying, God, this is where I am. I can't be anywhere else other than I am. Maybe I've made mistakes that have brought me to this place. Uh, Maybe you're gonna make some changes tomorrow, but it's not where I am. I'm today. And today I need help. Today I need, I need your work in this. I need your guidance, which we just prayed for. But I need your life in the midst of this. And so this is a space where we're asking for what he promises for all the way through scripture. This is that place where Jesus said, hey, if you would abide in me, if you would just abide in me, you will bear good fruit. Like stick with me, like cling to me, like hold fast to me. And so this is this place where we're coming and saying, God, I wanna do that. I want to abide in Christ. I want to walk in the Spirit, which is, you know, Galatians tells us, hey, the flesh wars against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, messing up all of our lives. But he's like, if you would walk in the Spirit, you wouldn't give in to the flesh. And then you would be able to walk in love and joy and peace and long-suffering and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. And it's like, hey, if you just do that. So part of this place is like, God, that's what I'm wanting to do. Like, I'm wanting to know your supply, which is physical, because he does care about you. God, hey, meet my needs. If there's, you know, financial or physical or healing, you know, ask him for that. But it's spiritual. It's, it's his help. It's his life into this whole space where we are meant to live our lives absolutely dependently. So like, like a vine, like Jesus says, hey, you're, you're the, you know, you know I, I, I'm the vine, you're a branch. You're supposed to be connected. And as much as you live a connected life, you know, there would be great help and strength there. I think about promises like Philippians, where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Often a very misunderstood and misapplied verse, but in the midst of it, Paul's saying, I could, whatever life throws at me, I can do it. There's, there's not any space, there's not anything that can come my way that God can't be the one that would be that supply in my life. And so I'm not trusting in my job. I'm not trusting in my finances. I'm not trusting in my health. I'm looking to the supply that is God that would be that in all of that. So part of this is that, again, it's not wrong to pray for healing. And again, not wrong to pray for uh, financial help or blessing. You can do all that in this space. Somebody's like, God, you know we need this. And so ask him, ask him for that. But ultimately, it's a space of needing to be connected. And so again, I'm going to try to just say it how it works for me, and I don't know if this is going to work for anybody else. I think this through every now and then, especially when I'm praying this through, and I wonder. I wonder how far short I'm falling of it. I mean, I kind of have this, this thought. It's like if I could just stay abiding, if I could stay walking with Jesus, like every moment of the day, that'd change everything. That'd change everything. Like if I could know his supply 
If I could just walk with Jesus throughout the entirety, there wouldn't be anything that, that he wouldn't be enough for. And yet I'm pretty convinced that there's a lot of spaces it's like, I, I'm doing it on my own. It's like, okay, I just disconnected again. I just unplugged. I just tried to handle all my own strength again. And, and so part of this is just saying, God, I, I long for this. I long for a life that is never that way. Jesus lived that life, by the way. And one of my favorite um, expressions of his in John 5, uh, he does this incredible healing and the, the Pharisees are asking like, why did you do that? And Jesus just simply says, I don't ever do anything alone. I don't, I, I, I don't ever do anything without the Father. Like whatever he's doing, I do. I, I never do anything independently. And I walk around that and I find it to be beautiful, but I'm also aware that my sinful propensity is to pull away from that. It's a weird thing. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we are. Part of this is like, I can do it. I can handle it. I can handle life. You can't. You're not meant to. So part of this is every day coming and orienting yourself around that, saying, God, I need your help. I I need your life. But it's not the space where you come and, hey, pray that, and then you're done with your prayer, and you get up and being good. Okay, like I, now I can go out you know, on my own. No, the point of praying, this is like, I, I want to grab hold of Jesus, and then I want to stay with him the rest of the day. I mean, I, I just, I want to, you know, Lord, is there anything right now that has me not connecting, anything that I'm not abiding in Christ? Lord, help me. Help me to, to live a life beautifully dependent on you, and God, supply. Supply all that that would be, be the strength, the life, the help, that again would be this love of God, the, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit, where he says, hey, if you would walk in the Spirit, you would be loving, and you would be so patient, and you would be kind, and you would be, you know, I mean, just incredible spacing, but it's the life that we're meant to be living, so it's that's what we're seeking to do, and asking him for, just coming and saying, God, that's, I, I agree, like, I need that, so, before we wind it up tonight, any last questions? Anything else on that? Thinking about asking God for daily bread. I will say this again, He cares about you. So when Peter tells us, Hey, are you worried about it? Cast all your cares on Him because He cares about you, even your daily bread. There's not anything that you're, you're worried or concerned about that He doesn't care about. So it's unpacking it all to Him and saying, God, yes, I'm looking to you. Any other questions? Gayla. Um, as far as? Okay. Does this include reading our Bible? So giving us our day, our daily bread, does it include that? Well, I would say yes. So we're, you know, in one sense, um, you know, as we're asking God for, for, for what he has for us, there is a sense of God, hey, speak to me. Give me all that that is. And so some would even take this idea of, of daily bread into the kind of idea of what sometimes called manna for today. So you have this children of Israel in the Old Testament that they, you know, day by day, there's this supply uh, of God's, you know, bread to them. And that becomes a, a pattern that's not just a picture of our physical need, it's our spiritual need. And so, yes, there is a sense that Part of me asking God to give me my daily bread would be saying, God, show me what you have for me. Give me what you, 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 you have. And so we pray for that all the time. Like most of the time, we just did it a moment ago. We prayed, God, hey, what do I need? Hey, meet me, show, open up your truth to me so that what I need, I hear. 
Um, give me today, whatever that is. And, and so for me, this idea of asking for our daily bread, it includes physical, it includes emotional, and it includes spiritual, which is Christ, which is his life, which is his word, which is his truth. Like, God, give me what I need into this moment that would be a part of that. And so, yes, uh, God's word is certainly there. Good. Anything else? If not, I'm going to wind us down. Okay, if you have questions later, ask. Again, I really enjoy questions. I'm not sure I do a great super job asking. So sometimes if I even answer one of your questions, you're like, Jim, you did not understand. Ask me again, because sometimes I just don't. But I do want you to know that God is wanting you to go there. So I just want to land it this way this evening and just say, you know, most of us are wanting to pray better. Maybe you're doing well, but most of us want to do even more. And I love that Jesus gives us this. And I just want to ask you one more time, hey, just, I just invite you to think about it. That perhaps in your prayer life, that, you know, I break it up into 10 things, that there ought to be at least 10 areas that you're focused on every day. Like every day, these are things that, that just, that mark your prayer. Not every time you pray, but at least once, you know, kind of in your, in your secret place, whatever that is that we talked about last week, you know, where you're, you're talking to God about the things that we talked about last week, relationship and worship, and the things we talked about tonight, that we're longing and believing and orienting our life around God's big story. And we're asking for his will, and we're asking for his supply. And what an incredible space just to make that a part of your prayer life. And, and you know, maybe, again, you, you're like, well, I, I, I don't do that. Maybe there's another way that God's leading you. But I would ask you to try it. I would ask you, hey, just with, with an open mind, I just tell you it's Jesus' prescription. The disciples asked, hey, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, pray like this. Pray like this. And I think there's power when if you can do it that you get to the end of it and go, I think I prayed for everything I really needed to pray for. I mean, not perfectly. I could have spent an hour on each thing, but I did move through just the beauty of what that is. So again, it's a good space. It's right there in God's word, but we also put it on the back of our bookmarks, which is what this is, by the way. It's a picture of the back of our bookmarks that we give you. So you can just turn that around and just quickly pray through it. And we'd encourage that. So let's go before him right now. And let's just pray for these three areas that we talked about tonight. Father, it is good to come before you, and I do worship you as the sovereign, holy, mighty God. And yet right now, we just want to come and pray for your kingdom. God, I recognize that this is not the way it's supposed to be. That our world is broken. It is tragically and horribly broken. I'm so glad that you came, Jesus, and that you're coming. And now with the Spirit, we just cry out, Lord, come. We long for heaven. We orient ourselves in the hope that is set before us, the anchor of our soul. And I thank you for it. I pray that right now we would embrace hope and that hope would be ours, that we'd be a people that are oriented into the hope that is certainly laid before us. But God, we don't just live for then. We are living now. And so as we're going to do it perfectly then, would you lead us more now? I pray for your will to be done. God, that you would direct our lives, wanting just to come to you right now and just say, God, we trust you. Your God is trustworthy. We admit we don't understand and we don't have to, but we do want to acknowledge you and pray right now, God, would you direct our path? Would you make it plain? Would you lead us in your ways? Would you shape us? Would you cause us to will and do for your good pleasure? Would you, 